Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to Castle Talk, where we talk to writers and creators of today's genre worlds. I'm your host, Jason Henderson, publisher at Castle Bridge Media and author of the new book, The Serpent's Nest, Young Captain Nemo, out now from Macmillan Children's Books. Tonight, we're chatting with Genevieve Gornacek, Cassandra Kaw, and Caitlin Starling, the authors of the new Vampire the Masquerade, Walk Among Us, a collection of three horror novellas, three novellas, three voices, Three women who are on right now and ready to talk about it in the world of Vampire the Masquerade's World of Darkness. And that 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 really is. The whole world of Vampire the Masquerade is called the World of Darkness because there's there's more than vampires in it. So Genevieve, Cassandra, and Caitlin, this book was out in audio. Now it's out in print from Harper Voyager, which is a fantastic publisher. I would like for each of you to tell me a little about yourself and about the story that you brought to uh, the world of darkness. And then we'll get into this whole world and vampires and such. So let's start with, uh, with Genevieve. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, I'm Genevieve Gornacek. I wrote the story, A Sheep Among Wolves, in the Walk Among Us, Walk Among Us collection. And it's about a college girl who is vulnerable and ends up being uh, manipulated by a certain group of people uh, to do crime uh, on behalf of some vampires. Awesome. So are these the gangster vampires? Like the, like the, uh, forgive me, I actually remember a little bit about this world. And there were the Giovanni who were like gangster vampires. They've updated just... it quite a bit in um, really in, yeah, in so the edition, yeah, fifth edition. So many changes. Wow. I, okay, so so I'm gonna just go with the notion that none of, none of what I understand of the world of darkness still holds. So I'm actually now excited for this conversation. That the, is the nice thing about it is it's chronological. So like technically, all of that is still true if you set your game in the '90s or early 2000s. But anything that's set concurrently, <laughs> there things have happened since then that have changed the world of darkness. I just spit out my coffee. That's right. <laughs> You know, if you make your story for old people, <laughs> then, then all of the brand. Uh, okay, Caitlin, Caitlin Starling, that's you talking. Um, okay. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about about yourself and about the story. That yeah. So, um, like you said, my name is Caitlin Starling. I, um, aside from writing for Vampire the Masquerade, have also written a caving horror book, The Luminous Dead. I've got a gothic horror book, The Death of Jane Lawrence, that comes out this fall. And my story in the collection is titled The Land of Milk and Honey. And it is about a completely normal and above ground, you know, above board eco village in North Portland that is absolutely not being run by a vampire who is currently writing her farming memoir. Love it. Love it. Okay. Hopefully awesome. not. <laughs> and um, 
Cassandra, uh, that's a, you were, you're calling in from, from Montreal. So tell me about yourself and about your story. Hi. Well, I am Cassandra Call. You may know me from way too many fields, everything from Ubisoft to Warhammer 40K to random indie games that I've written for and various talks that I've done across various parts of the world. My story in the collection is fine print. It is set in Iceland. It has your stereotypical douchey tech bro deciding that he is able to outwit the Ventrue. It is, as you might have guessed, a terrible idea. Love it. Love it. I so so one thing I'll one thing I'll note, you know, in in um I'm unmoored by so many changes in the world of darkness uh, world, but all of these all of these are in the world of, of Vampire the Masquerade, which is still going strong. I mean, is this is Vampire the Masquerade still the world of live action role playing? Is that is that still a still a thing? Yeah, yeah. Bar, I mean, barring the pandemic getting in the way of, I think a lot of LARPing right now. But yeah, it's it's definitely still it's it's tabletop, but it's also LARP. That's that's really. I mean, I was at uh, I was actually uh, I was like chairing a panel back of, of Hammer Horror Stars and stuff, back at the DraculaCon back in '97. I remember those guys were around and running around on rooftops and wearing blouses and everything. And 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 I always <laughs> always loved the Vampire the Masquerade guys. Um, so so how did this how did this come about? I mean, how did like I I, I don't know. This is the first Vampire the Masquerade book that I've had a chance to interview folks with, and I talked to Harper a lot. Um, is there a whole series going, or was this is this the the first time that they that they've done one in a while? Um, I don't think we're really privy to that information. I can only assume there's going to be more things in the franchise as things go on because it is alive and well currently. Yeah, it, it is definitely though the first um, uh, book in with the new fifth edition release. You know, there's comics that are coming out too right now mm-hmm. that are, are they out though. That, yeah, they're out. Um, and they're apparently quite good. I haven't had a chance to read them yet, but they are, they're either a different world from us. I think that Harper Collins did the original clan novels mm-hmm. back in the early 2000s. I remember reading them and you know, they, I never actually played when I was growing up, but I did really enjoy reading all of the lore and, and the reference books and everything. Oh God, um, me too. I used to dream about working with them when I was that age as well. I, I, I one of those gave me nightmares. I mean, honestly, I, I think um, I, I mentioned the Giovanni. It was the Giovanni book that Justin Achille wrote. And I mean, it was so violent that I mean, actually, to this day, it's probably one of the most violent like books I've ever read, like nightmare giving violent. It was it was really, really rough. And um, and that has that is actually that that stuck with me uh, a long time. Yeah, it's always um, the nicest ones that write the scariest thing. Justin is such a lovely human being in person. <laughs> no kidding, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I, he's wonderful. I never met him. I wrote a I wrote a, a Vampire the Masquerade graphic novel for uh, geez, talking like twenty years ago, and he was like the editor, one of the editors on that, and he seemed a nice guy from his notes, but <laughs> but I never but I never spoke to him actually. Um, yeah. So okay. So so tell me how this came together though. Uh, you know, all like tell me each of you how you got involved in this and what sort of bandwidth you had in coming up with what you were supposed to 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 tell. I don't think Jen and, has spoken in a while, so maybe Jen should open oh, for oh, us this time. Oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No hiding in the shadows, appropriate as it is. <laughs> um, well, like on my end, I my debut novel just came out in February. 
Okay. Um, it's a Norse mythology. And congratulations. So thank you. Uh, it's wildly different, like absolutely like polar opposite of my story in this collection. Um, but my agent knew that I liked vampires. So she found out about this project and she was like, you want to, you know, come up with a pitch and see, see what they think. And they liked it. So I got signed on. That's really fantastic. That's cool. Uh, Caitlin, what about you? So um, our editor over at Harper Voyager, David Pomerico, also was the editor for The Luminous Dead. So he already had me in his stable, so to speak. And um, But I was actually brought on fairly close, you know, towards the end of the, I guess, the seeking, the, you know, the, the talent search phase. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, when I finally compared notes, because Genevieve and Cass and I didn't talk until quite a while into the process, I found out that I was like several months after they talk to David. David comes into my email and says, do you want to do a horror project again? I was wow. like, absolutely, I'll do a horror project again. And then lo and behold, it was Vampire the Masquerade. I screamed a little bit once I saw that on the NDA. <laughs> That's really cool. That's um, really cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, Cass, how did he, how did David grab you? I have no idea. All I know is my agent showed up and he was like, hey, are you potentially interested in this thing? I'm like, okay. And I, the same thing happened, the NDA showed up. I sent it back, sent my agent like five emails that were just pure gibberish. He managed to get one in going like, so I said, yes, I'm like, God, yes. Uh, because I'd actually written for a number of the World of Darkness properties before, and oh, I absolutely so, right. love doing it. Um, I think I did Hunter the Vigil, the new one. Um, I think I did some Changeling stuff. I did some Rave stuff. But I never got to do, do Vampires, which was where I started. Anyway, something happened. I got rolled into it. They made the mistake of putting me in a <laughs> meeting with Paradox. And I just kind of lost it in excitement, tossed the pitch, and it was kind of really quick. So what kind, I, I'm curious what kind of freedom you guys had. Like, like, did you, once they picked a pitch that you had, did you just sort of go with it? Or were they like, no, I like this, but, but put it in Portland and not in and not in, you know, Tuscany, like, like what sort of feedback did you get? So I was given a lot of free range. Um, I think I actually sent in like three to four pitches because I would send a pitch in and they'd go, this is great, but the stuff we already have already touches on these themes. Can you, what, what else do you got? And finally um, I sent in what became um, the land of milk and honey. Uh, at the time I was still living in Portland. I've since moved to Chicago, but I'd lived there for several years and I got really excited at the idea of actually getting to set something in Portland that felt like it was in Portland and not just in Portlandia. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But yeah, pretty much I had, after, you know, I gave them the basic concept pitch, I had, they just let me go. Um, they just made sure that I got the lore correct and otherwise let me do what I wanted and yeah, got to, got to have a lot of fun with it. That's pretty cool. Genevieve, your your character, uh, as, as I was reading, um, uh, Sheep Among Wolves, you know, I was just struck by, you know, things that I don't normally see, just the, just the close, the close POV of a student, you know, I loved how she's dealing with her mom, I loved how she describes herself, you know, um, somebody says, are you ace, there's, there's this, this, you know, just a deep look at this character. And I, I was, I was just wondering about, you know, how you, how you chose to, to build this. There are so many ways to build a college student and make it sort of a flat reflection of a college student. And this very much seemed like a real person. I was just wondering if you could talk about uh, your, your process of character building. And then I thought I might go throw that to the other writers as well. Um, so for me, I was kind of like, trying to go back to all like the stories that I was reading when I was her age yeah. because 
I like, you know, like the tropey young adult fiction that was coming out like when I was a teenager. Um, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying that's what was coming out at the time. And yeah. so for for me, this whole thing, I was reading a lot of vampire fiction at the time. So I was I was like, who who would be the most unlikely protagonist for for a novel like this? And the answer was like me in college when I had no friends. So yeah. <laughs> Clea's Clea's journey is like i mean mean, besides the vampires and the crime uh it was a lot of there's a lot of me in her like if my life had taken a different turn so um yeah so i I just i wanted to write a character like me i wanted to see myself in one of these stories because i i so rarely do so for the writer for a writer who might be listening because i talk to a lot of writers and i talk to a lot of directors um and and i like to think in terms of what would somebody who's interested in writing want to take out of that and the advice was you know you hear that all the time the write what you know thing and obviously none of us know is hanging out with vampires who are you know running organizations or or seducing dude bros in portland but we we know ourselves and we know what douchebags are like and we know what people are like you know so um so that's interesting to hear you're just like i'll do it myself absolutely uh what about you guys uh uh caitlin talk to me a little bit about your your process of character creation so i have always wanted to write a very like nuts and bolts memoir farming or otherwise set in like a (laughs) secondary world um i love reading farming memoirs and things like um and also things like you know all the old james harriet books and i just love those kind of slice of life things and i've always like well what if what if that but like there were vampires and then this project fell into my lap and i was like i can do this with vampires so um yeah it was it was just i got to do this really fun like logistics nuts and bolts thing of how would it work if you wanted to siphon off the blood of a hundred some young folk in Portland without them really noticing, you know, what would you have to give them? What would you have to worry about? You know, most of your um, membership is probably at least to some extent vegan and you don't want them to get pernicious anemia. So I guess you're putting nutritional yeast in everything. Like, and I, (laughs) (laughs) using very weird bits of knowledge that I've picked up over the years. Um, And and Lee just kind of, you know, as a character, she, she came out of the edges of that, of like, I I figured out what her knowledge base was and what she cared about in terms of both her human livestock and her actual sheep. And then um, I figured out, you know, what kind of person, you know, what would her interest be outside of that? What would her personality be outside of that and and filled in the gaps? And then I, you you know, threw a wrench and everything just to make her life very difficult. Sure, sure. Cassandra, what what about you? But talk to me about your process of character creation. Oh, God, honestly, Duke is a lot like the middle level management of various companies I've worked at. He is very similar to a lot of dudes I've met over my life, but mostly I love Reykjavik. I lived there for a little while while I was in my nomadic phase. And it always struck me how easily, like, you could just kind of vanish into the wilderness there. If you got, like, how do you leave an island country that way? Mm-hmm. And I love the venture. I've always loved the venture, the acts of manipulation. And I wanted to see how they might make use of that in ways that didn't involve, you know, the traditional usage of the disciplines. And after I had that foundation, I just wanted to see how I could break some guy down using Maslow's theory of needs. Like I just went through every single layer of it. It was fun. Unfortunately, it was really an exercise in torture, I guess. 
No, but that's 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 fabulous. Did you get? I mean, I I've done a lot of tie-in writing, you know, so I, I kind of know what's that what that's like. Uh, I'm curious, you know, did you have? Did, you, did they give you a Bible early on, like a like a World of Darkness Bible to follow, or or did you just check your work once you were done? Uh, they gave us access to a Google fold, Google Drive folder that had all of the version. Edi- you know, fifth edition source books, including the ones that weren't out yet, which was oh, cool. super cool. Um, and we would, you know, I, I had at least one call with the Paradox guys directly to talk through what I was doing lore-wise, and we had emails back and forth. So whenever I would bring up something that they would be like, oh, you know what this makes me think of, they would sometimes send me additional documents of things that they had in earlier stage. Yeah. Um, earlier stages just so I could check it or, or we could we could brainstorm off of it. Um, they didn't do anything to the extent of like, they didn't make me write up a character sheet for Lee. Um, spoiler, she's a vampire. So I, yeah. she has certain skills and she is um, from the Toreador clan. And so she has certain um, preferences for what she does. But we talked through it and, and I was like, you know, I'm not sure if this would really work in play. And they're like, it's close enough. <laughs> Right. That we're not too worried. And, you know, we're not going to put the character sheets in the back of the book for people to play out. Although that would have been cool. Um, well, you know, you could do that online. Maybe we oh, should wait, write no, up. This is Harper Voyager. Yeah. Sorry. I was, I was going to ask, if, if you don't mind, um, I was curious about the death of Jane Lawrence, uh, Caitlin. I'm, I'm so sorry to, to like change the subject real quick, but I know it's a gothic. Yes. And this is something that the three of you can participate in. You know, the Genevieve's traditional... Right, so. the, well, I was, I was going to say that the, the vampire, uh, vampire pop culture has traditionally been quite gothic. Yes. But obviously, the Vampire the Masquerade stuff tends to be quite contemporary and and you know with with like a with like a maybe goth tinge but not not gothic so uh uh i was wondering about what you guys thought about um you know this is a free-for-all but just about about where vampire tradition is today how it's changed and caitlin you're welcome to stitch into your answer something about your embrace of classic gothic literature but but go crazy. This is a free-for-all question that has almost no possible right answer. I did not know we were graded for answers. Now I'm really <laughs> concerned. Oh, my God. Were the other questions weighted towards the results yes, you're doing of our well. finals? You're doing, you're, you're, doing, you're doing perfectly. I think vampires are a lot more self-aware in their depictions now. They feel a little bit more punk, a little bit more... I know contemporary what we do in shadows is definitely a departure from the vampires I remember from my youth <laughs> only ever slept alive too and I, I think a lot oh, of it yeah. is, is the transition which I I this may not actually be Anne Rice's fault but possibly it is I don't know my history well enough of making the vampires the point of view characters mm. because so to tie it into gothic traditional fiction that is all about the main character not having access to secrets of some kind and going on a journey to uncover those secrets to figure out what you know the rules of the world are not what usually she expected them to be and now she's trying to figure them out when you're writing now from the perspective of a vampire when you get to be the vampire there might still be secrets um i did actually have the secrets yeah 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 what one of my pitches was a straight up gothic pitch of a young vampire being she had basically been created so that one of her elders could feed on her instead of a human because he preferred um, vampire blood. And she was stuck in this house and had to figure out the rules of everything and try and find a way out and everything. Um, That's really cool. But in that, it yeah, is a I'm really novel, sad I didn't it? write that one. I'm so what sad that something didn't happen. No. Um, there was a whole yeah. cult involved. It was great. 
but and it was I think it was a Ventrue book too. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why they didn't pick it because it was another Ventrue story. Um, right. But in that one, you have the stratification of the 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 upper echelon of vampire society has all these baroque rules, and especially the Camarilla have you know all these rules that you yeah. you, you may or may not know, but you're going to be held accountable to them um and so you can do you can still do a gothic story like that but for ours we were and i think for most vampire fiction these days um same thing is you go for someone who is not new to the world necessarily sometimes you still have that of the newly turned vampire but often like a year or two in Mm -hmm. that happens a lot too where like it's someone who is dealing with the transitional time and being the one who is keeping secrets so there's still learning that can happen yeah um sort of like the story of an actor or an actress you know entering the various lower rungs of their career in hollywood and and you know yeah exactly that's way more interesting well no if you're gonna do this story about a king then it's a story about a king if the person has all the answers it's a different kind of story then yeah that thank you for saying that 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 really that captured quite well what uh, what one of the central changes of the vampire uh, literature world is? Is there anything that you guys would would throw into that? Like the challenges of vampire fiction? Like, do you run into tra- if you're at your cocktail parties? I don't know if you. I guess nobody goes to cocktail parties anymore. I think what we are I doing did right now the is pandemic, but... this is probably the closest we get to a cocktail party. Yeah. Anymore. But I'm curious if if they go, hey, uh, so what are you working on tonight when you get back to your dad? Oh, you know, I'm working on a vampire story. What do they think that means versus what what you what it means? I I think that's the only vampire story I've ever done. I usually specialize in a lot of body horror, and generally mm. people don't ask me about specifics about that. Um, right, <laughs> because I get into slightly disconcerting detail. Like um, sure. slightly, all the names are redacted for you know obvious reasons. But it was yeah. like editing a junior writer's work um, at my day job, and there was like some eye trauma involved and i was like i'm not going to comment i'm not going comment i was like mm. and then i kind of cracked i was like okay what kind of eye trauma are you talking about <laughs> like how far did this go if, if this has happened you should probably look at this also here are resources for you to properly depict this once <laughs> this is like me watching hannibal and being like oh i'm gonna have now i have this opinion about actual put- butchery that i want to work into something that no one's going to actually read about your gross factor for the day is if you put a liver through a meat grinder, it turns into a liquid. Okay. All right. Well, that makes and, sense. And so if you're doing that it with other meat, it for an flows. Eye, honestly, I, I it, think. It flows darkly over all the other meat. But anyway. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Viscous fluid is not something that's easy to disguise because it's oily. Um so this is not what somebody would think of if they said, well, if you go, I'm working in a vampire story, and they go, oh, well, surely there will be viscous fluid involved. But the, so I don't know. I, I, I know we're, we're coming up on our time. So I want to ask you, uh, what, would you, what would you like to leave us with? If somebody didn't know from Vampire the Masquerade, could you, could you, could you as a beginner, stumble your way back in uh, and into, into this collection? And find something for it. Oh, I think so. so. We can go. It would be very sad if they couldn't, which would be very <laughs> hard to make it accessible. <laughs> Um, and I really think that that was part of the attention of the collection too, was to try to get more people interested because I had actually like worked in a, like more lore into my story that I was told to remove 
really by the paradox guys because they really wanted to make mine like the intro just make it a story just make it a story that people write yeah i get it that's really cool and with mine like originally like chapter one lee was like hello i'm a vampire because i mean it's on the cover of the book yeah she's a vampire um and david and he was right on this but he's like pull it back a little bit, make it a little bit of a mystery for just long enough that, you know, the people who are in the know are like, I know what's going on. And the people yeah. who aren't in the know are like, I'm uncomfortable and I don't know why. I, um, I love it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They definitely, right, they cool. definitely, we were, we were guided to make this as accessible as possible. Right. Yeah. We were. Wonderful. Well, um, I am really thankful that you would take the time to speak with us. I've been talking to Genevieve Gornacek, Cassandra Kaw, and Caitlin Starling. Um, you're all wonderful and I appreciate your patience with, with all of these, with all these questions. And, um, the new collection is called Vampire, the Masquerade Walk Among Us, which is such a, such a great title. So, um, uh, have a fantastic evening and I hope all of you stay, uh, you know, happy and, and healthy or grinding Thank livers you so as you need. So Thanks, ciao. Thank you. Good night. Bye.